Welcome in on a Wednesday, a Wednesday edition of the Bill Michael Show. Good to have you today. And tonight is the final huddle of the season. So we've got a big day today. Kind of disappointing. I mean, we wish the uh, the Packers were going, but uh, tonight we're going to talk a lot about to the Packers, the offseason, what the draft may hold. Uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, plus, we'll hear from Mike Clemens coming up later on tonight. We'll also get into our pick as we start to talk Super Bowl as well, barring any kind of uh, injury and or change. But uh, we'll we'll get into all of that coming up a little bit later on tonight. In the meantime, Matt LaFleur, he continues to uh, search for a defensive coordinator. And I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened as of yet. Just a little. Not a lot, but a little. I'm a little bit surprised that he has not uh, chosen a defensive coordinator as of yet. So uh, we wait for that to happen. And then in the meantime, you've got the Doc's debut part two tonight out in Portland, which Dame is going home, so to speak. And he had a building or something to the effect dedicated to him yesterday. And so I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about that. Uh, we're going to talk with Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel, who covers the Milwaukee Bucks. He couldn't make it yesterday, but uh, he'll be back with us today. And th- there's just a lot of news and notes stuff to get to today. Um, you've got uh, the PGA uh, getting uh, a deal with the owners of the Red Sox. You've got the Baltimore Orioles being sold. I mean, you've got scoring going crazy in the NBA. Uh, there's just... Uh, a lot of things that you've got. The one story that is is really serious that nobody is talking about is out of the NHL with the rape allegations and the sexual assault allegations uh, against numerous players, and something that the NFL or the NHL, I should say, had already thought maybe they had settled, and now it's gone to now it's gone to um, you know, the legal side of things, not the uh, litigation and the civil side of things. But, man, it's, uh, uh, you know, that's that's happening. We, we haven't talked about it. Nobody's talking about it. And, and that that's another area. You've got, um, you know, quarterbacks possibly on the move in the NFL. There's possibly Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, and Kirk Cousins. But here's the question. Is there any other named, maybe Baker Mayfield, who's uh, up, his contract is up with Tampa Bay, but they've made every uh, discussion and intention of re-signing him. But, you know, what, uh, I mean, if you're going to be an up-and-coming team and you're a team right now looking for a quarterback, the, the, the pickings are slim, man. There's not much out there. We've seen a bevy of good quality quarterbacks that have come into the league and have performed well, but not great. They haven't gotten over that hump yet, but they are, they're still, for the most part, under that first contract, and you're going to see teams starting to, to pay quarterbacks. What team is one of the teams that are on top that is about to pay a quarterback or has, pay a quarter, has paid a quarterback that is about to fall because of those contracts? And there was a good discussion this morning on Good Morning Football about that. And I thought it was really, really interesting when you start to look at team and, – and Jordan Love and the Packers were kind of lumped into that, but because he's got one more year on that deal that he's, you know, he's, he's not really strapping the team right now and it's, it's the mid-level ground and if he puts up another good year, will they extend him this year or next year and how friendly is it going to be and how many more years do they have before that contract really starts to – kind of, you know, cap a little bit of what they can do, you know, and, and it, it was a terrific discussion uh, of quarterback play, uh, of teams that are going to be owing money 
Uh, specifically, I mean, it begins and ends with the Dallas Cowboys because Dak is supposed to make $59 million this year. And there is so much outward speculation from within the Dallas Cowboys. Some say get rid of him. You know, inside the Dallas Cowboys, others are saying, you know, Dak's the guy. Jerry Jones gives him again. Jerry Jones doubles down on the emphatic stamp of approval down at the uh, Senior Bowl. You know, uh, it just there, there's so much that's uh, that's going on in the world of quarterback play. So anyway, we got all that that we want to get to today. Welcome into the program. Hopefully, everybody in the live stream is hearing the pro- program clear today, and you may not notice anything. You may not notice a change, but we've got all new equipment today, and today's the first day that we're we're running it after uh, getting it worked on from yesterday. So. I hope, cross our fingers, knock on wood that it all works, and uh, hopefully it, it, it's fine. Uh, you've got, if you want to get a hold of us, by the way, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can also find us over on X at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. You can, uh, you can do that. Uh, hit him up there. You can find us over on Instagram, simply the Bill Michaels. Over on Instagram, Instagram.com slash TheBillMichaels. Just search us. Same thing on Facebook, Facebook.com. Search us. Um, people are saying the sound is great and clearer today. Well, that's good. That's good. We've got all new analog and digital equipment, and we've got it backed up with backups to the backup. And So hopefully, like I said, knock on wood, it's all good. Uh, you can hit us up over on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, three words, put them all together. Same thing on Twitch TV, Kick TV, uh, LinkedIn, simply under Bill Michaels. Uh, you can find us, uh, as always, email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And you can find the website and go there and see all the rebroadcasts and all the links to YouTube and such, simply thebillmichaels.com. And then there is the Zone app. The Zone app. Apparently, we do really well with downloads. I didn't know that. A lot of people consume us on their time. Uh, and, man, it's uh, that's great. We are. Uh, I didn't know we were that highly downloadable, but we are, apparently. And if you want to download the Zone app, you can do that. Go to WOZN, The Zone, Madison. And then Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Those are the great places to find us as well. Grant Bills, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Bill. My morning started great. I woke up and I saw that there was a big article that came out about the Jets from Diana Russini and some of the Jets reporters at The Athletic and all the dysfunction and some wild stories from this year. So I enjoyed a nice warm cup of coffee and I woke up reading that story. I had a great morning. Yeah, it's uh, there's there was a lot of finger pointing going on behind the scenes. There is. Uh, did you get the sense that some of the animosity is aimed towards number 12? I think some of it, yeah, and there have been lots of Rodgers articles written, you know, since since he got to the Jets. This story to me was more about how the GM turned over, like, way too much power to Rodgers and how Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett just maybe aren't good coaches. Like, one of the tidbits was Robert Sala, after that Zach Wilson story, Rodgers called it a hit piece, Robert Sala met with all the coach and was like, who was it? If you tell me, you won't get in trouble. Like, it was just a very dysfunctional year. So it was entertaining to read as I woke up this morning. Yep, It was, which is interesting that he went to the coaches to say who was it. That that was the most interesting thing to me was that she must have had the ear of a coach. And Sala is now looking over his shoulder to see who's leaking things out. 
of that Jets locker room. It, 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 if I'm Woody Johnson, uh, and Woody Johnson has not proven over the years to be a very smart guy, business-wise, tremendous. But when it comes to his football team, bad. Just bad. Bad in a lot of different ways. But what they did, what they did, that they ended up kowtowing to Aaron Rodgers and did anything and everything they could to get him to want to come there. What I don't understand about all of this, and and we may never know unless Gudikins writes a memoir or LaFleur or Woody Johnson or, or whomever, I don't understand why they courted Rodgers so hard. Don't get it. Because there was nobody else in the mix. You know what I mean? There was It was either the Packers, the Jets, or nobody. And they acquiesced to him uh, and gave him everything. Now, at the time, it, it looked like a good idea. We all know that. We figured he still had some gas left in the tank and everything, you know, that it, it would have at least what they believe put them over the top. I understand the circumstance. I'm going back and trying to remember, you know, hey, don't get out over your skis on this because that was a team that was coming off of what they thought was a really good run, had a really solid defense. They had a bad offensive line. They knew it, but they felt that quarterback play could have overcome a lot of those obstacles of the offensive line and that they felt that they were a, a team legitimately ready to make a run. So I get why you kind of you kind of want to give the farm a little bit to make Aaron Rodgers happy. But that alone should have been the telltale sign of red flags being waved in your face. Because the Packers did everything to make him happy. And he still wanted more and wanted say and was condescending and acted like a general jackass. And so you knew he wasn't really going to come back to the Packers. They had they had just kind of they breathed a big sigh of relief and just said, uh, it's just we're done. We're done. Whatever happens, happens. We'll just pay the man if we have to, but whatever happens, happens. And the Jets, they're flying out there, they're buying him coffee, they're going to his house. He's giving him the list, even though he says he you know, did you ever notice that? Roger says, I never gave a list. Roger said, I never signed for three years $150 million. I would never do that. And everything that they say he did, that he denies, he did. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm the Jets, if there really wasn't anybody else in the mix, why am I giving in to Aaron Rodgers as if he's the general manager of this team? I, you know, I, I get it that you really didn't have a quarterback. You felt you were on the cusp and you didn't have a quarterback. But it wasn't like he had... 10 suitors knocking at the door, as far as I know. It, it, there, was, there was a little bit of discussion about the possibility of him maybe, Wink, going into the Raiders organization, but he, he they weren't going to win a Super Bowl there. He wanted to go to a team that was ready to win. And there was only one or two that were available that could have said, yeah, we could use Rodgers. Maybe had a guy like, say, Bill Belichick came for him. Maybe he could have gone into New England or something. But I never understood why they did everything he wanted and and just basically 
gave the gave the keys of the car to Aaron Rodgers. So I, anyway, I, I just so for that article to come out today from Diana Rossini uh, to talk about all the goings on behind the scenes regarding the Jets and some of the animosity and things that were building up and finger pointing and such that and now that's going on. I, I part of me is like I am just sitting back, kind of smiling, like <laughs> welcome to the world, man. Welcome to the world that over the last five years has become the saga that is Aaron Rodgers. You know, because, and I've said this before, every time I read an article like this, every time a story comes out about Aaron Rodgers, and I I don't, I'm not sitting here to knock him, but it's almost like you just, you have this PTSD of, oh my God, it's drama. And you get this anxiety and then you're like, oh, that's right. He's not our problem anymore. And it's it's just a, a a wonderful wonderful feeling. And I'm not, and again I'm, I don't. He, he was tremendous here. He's a Packer Hall of Famer. He's a quarterbacking Hall of Famer. Gold jacket wear. There is there is so many accolades you can put upon the guy because talent wise, I I don't think there was any quarterback that I've ever seen more talented, just physically gifted in knowledge than Rodgers. Rodgers' own obstinance got in his way at times. But I don't think there's any more any quarterback that's more talented. I, I can't give him any higher, higher praise than that. I think he's he's the, the in our time. I think he's technically, knowledge wise, I think he's the best quarterback that's ever played the game. I still do, even with what Patrick Mahomes is doing. But I also think that what made Rodgers so good is also what held him back. So. Just an FYI. A lot of this article is just that Woody Johnson starstruck. Like the same thing that happened with Favre, right? He got so excited to have that celebrity quarterback that a lot of logic and reason went out the window. This was not, by the way, an an anti-Aaron Rodgers article. It didn't prop up Rodgers. It was more about how the Jets are dopes. And they they turned over their whole franchise to a 40-year-old quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, 100%. And that I get. That I 100% get. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. You can also hit us up on many of the uh, social media platforms as well. Give us a shout. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Stay right where you're at. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think of Lorelei, my head turns out around. As gentle as a butterfly, she moves without a sound. I call her on the telephone, she sends me hell by head. The night's the night she's moving in, and I can't hardly Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show, on the air. Hey, our friends at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center reminding you they've got a lot of good acts coming up, but uh, coming in March, March 16th, the night before St. Patrick's Day, it is going to be Cynthia, they are coming to town, and uh, we're going to be there, we're going to have a group of people together, I'm looking forward to this, and if you haven't seen them, they are like... 
New Orleans meets a little Cajun, meets some country, meets some rock, meets Irish. It's they're amazing. And, you know, I what is it? Gaelic Storm played down at the Irish down at Irish Fest this year. And I had taken friends down to Irish Fest and I said, Cynthian plays about the same. They started like seven and Gaelic Storm started at eight. I said, let's go to see Cynthian first. And I want you to compare because Gaelic Storm's the deal. That's the one everybody goes to see. And I said, I'm telling you, I don't want to put anything in your head. Let's just go see him. And we went to see Cynthia, and we were rocking, and they were dancing, and it was a party, and we were having fun. We went to see Gaelic Storm. It was one of the most boring, lame-ass things they'd ever seen. I said, I told you, I just wanted you to experience it, that, that this is so by far better. So they're coming to the Irish Cultural Heritage Center the night before St. Patrick's Day. If that doesn't put you in the mood, nothing will for St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to get a group together. We're going to have a lot of fun. But if you want some tickets, go to ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net on West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee, whether it's for a concert, a wedding, meeting space, whatever. And it's an intimate setting. It is going to be a party. It's like going into an old Celtic church with a bar in it. It's awesome. So we're going to go down to the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, and we're going to see Cynthia. But for all the events that they have coming, go to ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net and see for yourself. So, um, uh, let's do this. Let's go to the phone calls. Uh, let's go to our buddy Gerard. Gerard, what's happening, man? How you doing? Bill, you, you were killing me yesterday. I love that kind of stuff with the draft and with the free agency. It was, I mean, I'm dying. I was salivating. Awesome. But I, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say real quick, Derek from Albany, I'm a year older than you. John from Jersey, I'm originally from Jersey City. So, there you go. If you want any love it. Love our East Coast people. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. And, uh, you know, we're all, you know, it's so funny because, you know, where, where Derek is, he's 60 miles west from Cooperstown. So, oh, you know, okay. all the fame. Yeah, where he is, you know. So to give you a little insight and where Al is from Philadelphia, he's two hours from me. And, of course, Jersey is about uh, three hours from me. It depends, you know, if you take the ferry or whatever, you know, the whole bit. But anyway, here's what I want to say. I'm watching YouTube. And there was this kid on there, and he broke down the salary cap. And he did it in a tremendous way with CG. Every play he went through, the reserve players. He even added in Love's contract for next year, you know, that it's going to be boosted up high. And he also did uh, remove the money for the, the 8 to $10 million potential for the, for the uh, draft. And all when he did it all, it came to clear for all the money they're going to have to spend is $25 million. Okay, he did a great job with the deductions and the different players and everything else. And also, don't forget, Bill, if you, if you look it up, the, the money is going to go up 17 or $18 million. So they're going to have that kind of money on top of the $25 million. So mm-hmm. you think around $30, 38000000 million, you know, something like that, $40 million they're going to have to spend, you know, more than that, even right. more than that. So... So they're going to be able to go out and get a couple of decent players. Uh, that's what I, you know, I figure, you know, that, and, you know, like you were saying, I mean, a week or so ago, you know, between 45 and you're, you're close with the 45. You were close with that, you know? Right. So, but to get into the Rogers thing real quick. Uh, look, how many years ago when this was all rumored, I said the Jets were desperate. The Jets are a desperate team a super desperate team because they're in New York. They haven't won in since 69. 
and they'll do almost anything. And Woody Johnson just spends money stupidly. He makes dumb moves, you know, all the time. And this is what they do. This is what they do. So, like I said, the Jets have always been desperate. Now, as far as the free agency players you were talking about yesterday, obviously, if they're not tagged or signed, you'd want Whitfield Jr. Now, Buda Baker, he's getting $14 million next year. He's not a free agent to the year after next. So you'd have to make a trade for him. And I don't know, his stats were pretty crummy this year. Yeah. So you don't know, you know, anything, you know, what, what he's going to do. But White, the inside linebacker, he's, you know, they, 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 they're saying he had a down year, but they're expecting him to make $20 million a year. And they're expecting mm-hmm. Whitfield Jr. to make $20 million. So, you know, it, 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 it all depends. I don't know what, obviously, we don't know what, what, where they're going to go with this. And, and Queen, I don't know. To me, Bill... He's the kind of guy that he's like the Martinez. He makes a lot of his tackles downfield. They got to come out with a stat bill. Tackles within three yards of the line of scrimmage. That's what they have to do. Yeah, here's the problem with that, that, though, Gerard. Suppose he's a guy that he's like last line of defense and dragging guys down from behind. You know what I mean? Because Quay Walker this year, there was a couple of times, Quay Walker made some game-saving plays, but they were five yards downfield or, 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 you know, touchdown-saving plays. They were five yards downfield because he's diving for the ball carrier who's getting getting ready to get out the outside and go. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, you know, look, look, I think Park is going to be the guy they bring in. I think it is because he checks all the boxes with them. But, but anyway – the first question the media has to ask the new defensive coordinator is, what are you going to do with Walker? How are you going to use Walker? How are you going yeah. to make this guy? I mean, he's been misused. He's all over the place. He doesn't have, you know, any direction as far as as far as far uh, I've seen. And, you know, I don't know how he really is going to play along the line of scrimmage because you don't know. You don't know because he hasn't been used. To, you know, he was used somewhat late doing that, but he hasn't been consistent doing that. Because the coach hasn't consistently done anything right with him, in my opinion. Yeah. So this is, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, it, they're going to have to draft two running backs, too. They're going to have to do that because you can't. Look, Aaron Jones, everybody loves Aaron Jones, but you can't count on him, you know, all the time because he's, he's going to get hurt. He's and, always and got he's a year. And, and most running backs, though, when I started to go back and look at injuries, most running backs usually have a game or two that they miss. But, you know, Aaron Jones this year was a, a down year for him because he's always good for a couple of games. But this year was an inordinate amount of games that he lost because of the hamstring issue. But, but again, Bill, he's only getting older. Yeah, he, I know. You know what I'm saying? He's not getting younger. So, and he's in tremendous shape. I'm not saying he's not. And he's on the smaller side, too. And he's, he, obviously, he's always been that way. But, you know, you, you, can't, you can't just say, I got Aaron Jones and that's it you're going to have to go out there and get a couple of running backs. And there are like four or five right. running backs that, you you know, you could be able to pick in the first three rounds. You know, I, I would pick two of them, to be honest with you. And that, that would be – see, once they – then the receiver, you were talking about adding a receiver. See, I wouldn't do that. I think Wicks could be the guy at the goal line. I wouldn't do that, Bill, because I don't want to, I don't want to kill – the the energy and, and and that the a lot of these young kids have, and if you bring in a veteran guy, they could misconstrue that, and and I don't think that's the way to do it. I would let these guys grow with love, and and 
you know, I think they're good enough. Would I pick another receiver later in the rounds or something? Maybe if he's if there's somebody oh, available. Oh, I I, I take a receiver at whatever point in the draft. If he's the best available on the board, I'm taking him because you can't. This year proved you can't have enough weapons. And as they started to spread the ball around, this was something we've been waiting for for a long time, for a quarterback that ran the offense and whoever the open man was, get it to him. And then we saw guys emerge. And when you've got anybody starting to have success, the next guy stepped up and he took over where that guy left off because that's when the defenses started to move towards Dobbs. And then they started to move. When Watson would come in, they'd go towards him. And then you saw Bo Melton and Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. And these guys really start to step up. Uh, you can't have enough weapons. I, I'd, I'd get weapons all day long. Yeah, yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. If there's the guy is there, you know what I mean. I, you, you obviously you're correct. You got to pick the best player available. I mean, all the time you should be doing that. You never just pick for need because that that would really screw you around. Because the need player is not necessarily better than the best player available. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is I wouldn't go out and spend money on Evans. I wouldn't go out and spend money on any of those guys like Higgins or anything else because I would rather put it in a, a Collins-type safety and that. And don't forget there's a safety from the Giants that's a free agent. There's a safety yeah. from the, uh, the Ravens that's a free These guys are guys that you got to bring in. And you got – look, the defensive coordinator, again, what we've been saying since Barry got there – you have to put these players in a position to succeed and be aggressive. That's the way you got to do it, with, 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 in my opinion. And what we've seen the last few games, and then the last drive with San Francisco, they did the opposite. They didn't do that. So, you know, I'm glad he's gone. And let's, let's get, you know, it's interesting, Bill, that they're interviewing so many guys. Because if we go back to when they interviewed LaFleur, they interviewed so many guys. But they always wanted LaFleur. That's what we were told, right? Isn't that yeah. what we were told? Right. LeFleur right. Was always, so they, they probably have their guy in mind, and they're just doing their due diligence right now to probably, uh, you know, um, you know, to see if somebody right. shocks them, surprises them. So Yeah, no, well, I would Bill, agree with let, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was no, just no, going to say, ahead. I would agree with that. I, I appreciate the phone call. I would agree with that because – that you would assume that they've got numerous guys they've already talked to and they've got, say, their guy that they've circled. Maybe they're just doing more of their due diligence. But in this market right now with guys that are kind of moving around, bouncing team to team, some guys that aren't moving, like uh, the coordinator over there in Detroit, he decided to stay. Uh Washington lost out. They turned the plane around. I think if you got your guy and he blew you away, unless there's one or two other guys you really, really, really want to talk to, I think you would have had your guy in-house by now. You know? Because Brian Gutekind is scheduled to speak tomorrow. So, so maybe today. Maybe, maybe today, today could be the day. The maybe today. Yeah. Good if stuff. Kins is speaking tomorrow, Bill, then I think today is the day. Yep. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Cross our fingers. Gerard, appreciate it, man. I'm late for a break. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. We'll be right back. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Brewing excellence since 1857. I just saw that uh, they had a great, uh, not a snowman, but a, a Bach beer man. That was uh, all painted and everything to look like uh, the uh, the Point Bach beer, which they have out. They've got the Snow Pilot that's out, the lagers that are out. They've got all the NAs. They've got the root beers, the stuff for kids. There's so much from our friends at Point Brewing up in uh, Stevens Point. That uh, you, I mean, you just walk into any grocery store, any liquor store, and pick it out. Support local. Support our friends at Point Brewing. And, oh, by the way, Cider Boys, big part of them as well. Stay tuned. we got more. Bill Michael Show continues. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hello, windows and doors of Wisconsin. I got some news for you. That uh, things have changed via the monetary front. And you're probably saying, well, what, what, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean they've changed? They've changed because they have um, they've worked out some deals. And uh, the most they ever offered was 0% financing for 36 months. And now it can be 0% for up to 60 months. If you get it on the books now before the end of February. Now, if you've been thinking about it and you were going to do it this month, this still applies. That's the best part about it is this still applies. So if you've been kind of considering, well, maybe I don't want to, or maybe I'm going to get this deal for 0% for 36 months, try again. Because now you can go 60 months, up to 60 months. Uh, you got to qualify and all that kind of stuff. We all know that. But... This is big. This is kind of a game changer. So if you've been thinking about windows and doors, if you've been thinking uh, about increasing the value of your home, the economical factor, the safety, security, the look, whatever it happens to be, get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This is a game changer for them. 0% up to 60 months. 0% up to 60 months. Get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com right now. Get that appointment set up. PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. They are changing the game when it comes to windows indoors. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. This one's from uh, Jessica, who says, uh, Hey, guys, uh, I'm so excited about my Green Bay Packers. I don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be, but is the personnel suited to the new defensive coordinator or vice versa? Do they look at it that way? Uh, my answer would be yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, they look at it like <sighs> um, if there's a guy that's coming in that wants to run philosophically this 4-3 and hammer down, and he doesn't run a lot of nickel, or he needs big safeties. Well, you haven't been drafting for big safeties. You haven't been playing the game that way, so to speak. You've been doing more uh, nickel defenses, using corners as safeties, getting smaller and faster and more athletic. You know what I mean? So, yeah, if a guy comes in and completely wants to revamp the system and you just don't simply have the personnel to afford him that ability to do so, unless you're close, then, yeah, that might play into it. But beyond that, I think right now you're just looking for a good teaching voice. A good teaching voice. So I think uh, I think that's what they're they're kind of looking for. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, Dale says, "Hey, Bill, great show. Uh, when are you going to be coming back up to Tomahawk? It was a great time." Uh, Dale, probably not until the fall ride. So we're, we're going to be back, but probably not until the fall ride unless we do something over the summer. Just an FYI. Uh, he says, I think that Matt LaFleur now is on the clock. So many guys that are out there, so many names being kicked around, but you've got to uncover the diamond in the rough. Is that the dip, most difficult part of this? Yes. 
Because if you're going to go with a guy that's not a defensive coordinator, you're trying to find a guy, like I said, that is really good at expressing the way he needs you to play, first and foremost. Two, you're looking for a guy that's very much on the same page with the head coach and the rest of the coaching staff because you're not blowing everybody out. You're bringing in a new defensive coordinator. Now, if he comes in and says, hey, I got to have this guy as my linebacker's coach, I got to have this guy as my, my secondary coach or whatever because this is the guy that gets me, well, then maybe you make a change. But I think right now you're looking for a guy that's going to come in and, and basically set up your game plan and direct your defense and work with the guys that you have on staff. I don't think you're going to come in and have a new guy make a lot of vast changes very quickly. I, I You know, one or two here, that may happen, but I don't think it's going to be dramatic. So I, I don't, you know, again, I, I expected it to happen already. I thought they would have been, you know, hiring somebody, announcing a, a hiring here, uh, you know, like over the weekend to be quite honest with you, but I kind of get the sense that we're closing in. We're closing in. 877-867-1670. Uh, Mark says, do you think Brandon Staley would have been would have taken the job and would have been a good hire? I, I, again, no. I'm sure he would have taken the job had it been offered to him. But I I just, I don't know. I don't know what he, the relationship between him and Matt LaFleur, obviously, uh, he's pretty good, but I did not like the way he handled himself when he was when the Packers beat him here. Very defiant, very, no, we're on the right path. I mean, they weren't. Everybody could see it. And, you know, I don't know what he was like behind closed doors. I, I didn't cover the guy, so I, I don't fully know. But what I knew, what I know, viewing him outside looking in, it was like, nah, I don't. Just didn't 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 strike me that that well, to be perfectly honest with you. So, good question though. Um, and this one real real quick. This is Mark who says, "What do you think of Christian Parker? Uh, I heard he's a pretty good cat out there in Denver. Uh, I've got a friend that lives out there, and people are really high on him. I don't know a lot about him. Um, I know Matt Lafleur should be pretty familiar with the guy. Uh, he was a quality con- con- control coach for the Packers." In Matt Lafleur's first two seasons, I think it was two, first two. It was the first season I know, or the first two, one of the two. Um, and then he kind of, you know, moved up, went out to Denver, and uh, he coached, you know, you know, a guy like uh, uh, was it Patrick Sertain and and Simmons and those guys. And and you know, I mean, he's familiar with the Packers. He's familiar with Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur knows what he's getting in this guy. And now it's just a matter of finding his depth of knowledge and if that's something that you agree with if he's got the case when it comes down to a coordinator sometimes too and let me kind of change my my argument here uh, or at least expound upon it sometimes it's not even so much about the teachability because sometimes it just he's teaching the teachers he's teaching your position coaches but sometimes your defensive coordinator it's all about the talent you have and setting that talent up for success on game day and how you are going to defend what is about to happen or what you think is about to happen and what you've seen on tape and what what teams have have you know their nuances have been over the over the you know history of that particular offensive coordinator and or players so it's 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 as much about teaching the teachers as it is about setting up game day and I don't think Matt LaFleur was was walking the field over the last four or five weeks 
teaching guys how to twist their hips and how to put one arm around the receiver's waist and get the other arm up around the front to face guard and all that kind of stuff. I don't think he was doing that. What I think he was doing was trying to teach how – or not teach, but how trying to set up game day, where they're going to bring pressure, what this offense has nuances of doing, you know, when to blitz, when not to blitz, who's, who's playing really good ball right now, and, and what, say, wide out or what have you, tight end, is defendable by this particular player or that particular player, or does this zone work, or does this nickel package work? I think that's where he got more involved. It wasn't in walking around to the defense and talking to all the defensive guys and suddenly you know, you know saying, hey, Devontae Wyatt, you got to use a better swim move or something like that. I don't think he was doing that. If that makes sense, 877-867-1671, hit us up. Feel free to go ahead and do so. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, there is there is something going on in the state that is woefully, woefully undercovered. And uh, we haven't uh, we haven't talked about it. And uh, shame on us. And I'm going to try to get him on tomorrow to talk a little bit about it. But uh, for those that follow hockey in the state of Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Admirals, are 11-0, and they extended their home winning streak to 10 straight games. They have not lost at home since going back to December 6th when they fell to San Diego 5-2. They pulled within two of the franchise record for consecutive wins at 13. Uh, That goes back to 2019-2020, but they have now won 11 in a row, and the Admirals are rolling. We're going to try to get Aaron Sims on tomorrow. And uh, we were down at a fundraiser um, that the, the Admirals were a part of. And Troy Grosneck, um, he is a, lives in Brookfield, from Brookfield. He's, he's their goalie, been there a long time. And Troy wins his 11th straight game, uh, etched his name into Admirals history with the most consecutive wins as a goalie. And he, when I was down there, he was talking to me about how long he's listened to the show and, you know, listen to me back when we were doing, you know, Packers postgame show with Brian Noble and such. And maybe we'll get, uh, maybe we'll, as they call him Goose, maybe we'll get Goose on because he's, he's been fantastic. And if you're a hockey fan in the state of Wisconsin and you're not paying attention to this, you should. I said last year this team, they, they were a good team. They finally got some wins in the postseason and they advanced and then they ended up falling short. Uh, and I said they had a really good team a couple of years ago, and they just, um, you know, COVID hit. And I, otherwise, I think they win uh, a Calder Cup. But they've had guys going up and down to the parent company, which is the Nashville Predators. But they have been extremely solid. And it is probably one of the most undercovered stories right now that 
Uh, the Badgers are great. Marquette is great. UW-Green Bay has vaulted itself to the top of the Horizon League. Certainly the Bucks and everything they have going on over there. Uh, the search for a defensive coordinator in Green Bay. Uh, a free agent signing with the Brewers. But we have not talked Admirals hockey at all. And it's, it's such a cool – have you ever been to an Admirals game, Grant? I have never been. That's one of the things I've never done in Milwaukee. Oh, it's, it's so fun. And especially right now, I mean, they're winning like crazy. And they're not winning like two to one. They're winning like seven, seven to one, seven to two, you know, eight to eight to three. I mean, it's they're they're whooping ass. And it's it's been so fun to watch. And I was downtown the other night. We were downtown on I think it was Friday. Was it Friday they they had the Admirals game? Uh, whatever night it was, the uh, Friday or Saturday. And I mean, fans are going there in droves. Obviously, they're jumping on a winner, but they're just into it. I mean, just into it. The jerseys, the cowbells, and the fans are going nuts, and the crowds are growing. And this is the time of the year it usually does, but it's a woefully undercovered story. But kudos to the Admirals. Uh, congratulations to Harris Turr and Wojo and Greeny and everybody over there. Uh, but we we got to get Aaron Sims on. So I, I just shot a text out to him. I said, hey, if you got some time tomorrow, come on the program. We'd love to get you on. Because undercovered story. And I'm always rooting for the Admirals. Always rooting for the Admirals. So kudos to them for getting to where they're at. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Jeff listening to us in Green Bay. Jeff, how you doing today, man? What's up? I'm doing pretty good, Bill. I have a first-time caller. Really short. Uh, Appreciate it. Just got a question. Sure. Just got a question. Besides, uh, you know, searching for a defense coordinator, what about the, the strength conditioning coach? How, what, what kind of process do you think you got to go through to look for uh, – a, a good candidate to um, get them back on track to getting these guys help and you know mm-hmm. having a full 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 fifty three men roster out in the field without seeing injuries everywhere we can be in the top of the list. Uh just want to know your thoughts. I'll let yeah. you go here. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate so. it. Um so I look uh, when it comes to a, a strength and conditioning guy that's a great question. I don't know what the qualifications are. I mean, obviously, you got to be certified and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know what they're specifically looking for. My guess would be you're looking for a guy that is very um, – I mean, obviously, you want to get bigger, stronger, faster. But with my guess, with the soft tissue injuries they had this year with the hamstrings and such, you're looking for a guy that is core and soft tissue-centric. Anybody can throw a, a strength and conditioning guy in there and start, you know, having you lift and, you know, build bulk. I mean, everybody can do Hell, I can do that. But when it comes to certain things and certain times and ways to do things to prevent, cause, because not only getting bigger, faster, stronger is your goal, but preventative is your goal. You know, obviously there's rehab and all that kind of stuff. But I think what teams today are looking for is not only a guy that's got a handle on bigger – faster stronger but on prevention how to get bigger faster stronger and prevent a lot of the nagging soft tissue stuff and if it happens how you can turn a body around to get it ready to come back from injury those are probably two of the biggest things and i'll, I'll be 100 percent honest with you i don't know i i don't know what that constitutes i don't know if that's i i don't know if that's uh uh, uh, working in conjunction with Doc McKenzie, extremely close. If it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I couldn't begin to tell you. I've worked with trainers in my life 
that were very concerned about the core muscles, you know, back, abs, obliques, trying to be able to do things and shore that up first before you go and lift and get bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, and that that usually is the direction you kind of want to go. But beyond that, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I wish I had some kind of in-depth answer for you and I could say, oh, this is what they're looking for. Don't know. Plus, you're looking for a guy that's a motivator, you know, that makes it fun. Because working out, I mean, unless you're like this, you know, crazy gym rat, there are certain things we like to do and certain things we don't like to do. And you got to make it all work but fun and create an atmosphere, too. A lot like a head coach, I guess, right? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Great first hour, man. Off fast today. We got a lot more to get to. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. <laughs> 